The Marriage Project is a community organization that exists to educate a future generation while encouraging and inspiring hope for this one through the portrait of God's design for marriage. It is a collective of stories from couples spanning across the nation and globe to share with you the hope they have found in Jesus. This is a one-stop shop to hear how God has impacted each life here and to shine light and shed light on what our part is in his plan. Welcome back to another episode of The Marriage Project. This interview is for the married and the single. Stephanie and Caleb Rouse have so graciously joined me to share with you guys their marriage story, ministry, and their hearts. So I'm going to start with asking how long you guys have been married and just sharing a little bit about yourselves, just a brief intro into the work that you guys do and things you're passionate about. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us yeah. here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we've been married for seven and a half years, and uh, we met eight years ago or so, eight and a half years ago. Well, we met, I think, nine years ago. Oh, wow, Remember, yeah. you liked me for a year. Well, I, I forget. <laughs> it was so fast after we, like, started dating. So, I guess you're right. We met, like, nine years ago, maybe nine and a half, and I liked Stephanie for over a year oh, before we started date. dating. Mm-hmm. And then she finally agreed to go out with me, and the rest <laughs> has been history. Yeah, I don't think we've hung, not hung oh, out. No for very like very few times ever since we started dating oh my gosh so you saw her and you're like wow yes absolutely (laughs) love at first sight it was amazing (laughs) yeah as we were dating it was just so nice to just feel like we could fully be ourselves and we weren't Mm. we both had made the decision we're not going to be anything else Mm. we're just gonna be both show up just totally ourselves Mm. and that was just such a gift we both felt like even after the first couple dates, we were more ourselves than with any of our previous relationships, even long-term relationships, which was just, we felt God's presence over the whole thing and over the marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the last four years, we've been working together Mm -hmm. on our ministry that we have and full-time for about a year and a half. with our ministry that's yeah. an online mentorship for relationships um faith and things like that yeah that's so cool i know i so i saved one of stephanie's posts probably like two years ago which is so isn't that funny <laughs> yeah, that's i so funny. i when i'm looking for couples to interview i don't know who posted it what it or i do know what it was i'll get to that but okay. um why or how I saw it but I always save things and then I was looking for oh who can I interview this month and or reach out to for coming months and I saw that one again the post that you had that I had saved and um I love how you share your passions like how you guys share um just the real honest parts of your marriage and your guys's story so I think what a blessing to be able to do that together too. So yeah. hang on. So hang on. So I want to rewind for just a second. Go off. So you saw her. Did you like him right away or was tell it? That, tell the <laughs> story. Yeah. What is that? So, story? Like, I, uh, one of my friends had told me about her Okay. and I was like semi interested cause I didn't really like see her. I've never seen her in person okay. or anything until like I go to church and I'm like minding my own business. And then I see Stephanie worshiping in the crowd. And it was like, <laughs> I always describe it as that moment. And there's a movie called Big Fish. Yeah. And he oh gosh, sees yes. his like, like future wife and she's there and everything stops. And like, that's how it was. Like, oh. I just saw her and I was like, immediately fell in love, like mm. love at first sight. And I tried to talk to her after the service. I was going to like try and ask her out, 
but there was this other guy that was in the picture and he was very like possessive <laughs> over her and so i was like okay i'm just gonna give it time <laughs> and yeah it waited. took a year wow okay <laughs> and for me um i had just gone on one date with the guy that uh -huh. he's talking about uh and I remember him walking up to me. So we weren't, that guy and me were not even exclusive at that point, but Caleb walked up to me and I thought, okay, he's really tall. That was, uh, <laughs> he's six foot five. Um, oh like he's really tall and really handsome, but I could tell he was just, he was nervous around me. It was really endearing. Uh -huh. And I, we, I was very nervous. He friended me on Facebook and we talked a little, he liked all of my pictures mm -hmm. and like, I was like, oh, he's cute, but we never talked when I was dating that guy. And yeah. then, um, I was really in a place that I, of just singleness and just really, you know, had everything in God's hands, just mm -hmm. felt like a really big place of peace. And he was at a place where all the people, you had surrendered it, but all the people in your life were saying, you told me, or what did they call me? I, call, I called you dream girl. Uh. And so like everyone in my, my like community life, they knew, Family, they knew her as dream girl <laughs> and it wasn't until i had gone on a missions trip to nicaragua and i had told all the students like the last night because kids are always kids always teacher, ask they'd always ask dating? about your relationship oh yeah <laughs> and they were like who are you interested in? and i was like oh, okay i have to tell them about dream girl and how i saw her at church and everything stopped and then uh, I said, you know, I promise you guys that if she's ever single again, I'm going to I'm just like it. go for it. And that was Friday. We got back on Saturday. I went to church on Sunday and found out Steph was single. It was like crazy, mm. just like crazy timing. Wow. Uh, I was a little too nervous to <laughs> jump right on it. So it took me a while, yeah. but eventually uh, we made it happen. Yeah. And then after our... As soon as he was able to be more himself, like let right. the nerves down and I just saw his, you know, character come out mm -hmm. and his like he was like making me hysterically laugh as we were first right. we would hang out with groups of friends and then we did that for a while before um he asked me on our first date. And then it mm -hmm. from there is what how I described just even within the first couple of dates, mm -hmm. there was such an immense peace mm -hmm. over it. Yeah. Like there was no striving, no, I need to put on a mask. I need to put mm -hmm. on a facade. Like we had already, I had already made those decisions mm -hmm. that I'm not going to change any part of how mm -hmm. God created me to be for yes. someone else, no mm -hmm. matter how much I like them. Like I'm done with that. I'm going to be, I would rather be single yeah. and alone with God because he's so fulfilling than to be with someone who makes me feel like I can't be who God created me okay. to be. Um, and I dated a lot of Christian guys that made me feel like I had to be a very different person than what God created me. Mm. Um, so it was such a breath of fresh air, mm. our mm. relationship. And just, it probably yeah. just singled him out too. It probably made it not easier to realize, but just like, this is different. Oh, mm. it was night and day yeah, it different. Was, yeah, it was crazy wow. different for both of us. That's yeah. awesome. And that's yeah. so good for girls who are waiting to hear that because I think the longer you wait, the more you feel like you might lower a standard or think, Oh, it doesn't exist. Mm. But you can see in your guys' story, it does. And that God's having you wait for a reason. Yeah. yeah. It's that is so true. The guy that I, that guy, right. I had, remember I went into it so much wisdom. All the people at my church uh -huh. were like, Oh, he's the, um, this great single guy. He does youth ministry. Like all the yeah. boxes checked off with right. that guy I was dating, right. but I, 
did not like I just didn't feel like I could be myself around him I didn't feel happy like I didn't I felt my friend actually said to me I feel like there's a huge weight on you Mm -hmm. and she knew me so well and then they saw me with Caleb and it's like you can fly Mm -hmm. and I just I believe I always say to women all the time it only takes one all those other ones that didn't work out all those Mm -hmm. things you know I was thinking like should I just settle like he was ready to marry me the other guy and you know I would always say no, because if you're, if you don't have peace in your heart mm-hmm. and you, if it's not God's best, like it just takes one. And yes. when you can feel, you yeah. know, I, as you both, as you know, you pray for your future husband okay. or for future wife, it's like, it takes one and mm. to pray for them in their heart that they can be fully who God wants them to be. And you'll fall head over heels for that. Mm. You yeah. know? Yeah. Mm. That's so Amen. good. That's yep. how it was for me. I mean, it was yeah. just. You know, so Stephanie good. allowed me, I like told her everything about yeah. me, myself in like a week and wow. things I never told anybody else. And right. it just felt like so comfortable and safe. Yeah. And very safe. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really feel like God had to take us both to a place of like full reliance on him and full right. like submission in that area to him right. for him to like unlock this mm-hmm. relationship. Like if God had allowed me to date Stephanie a year before, I don't think it would have been the same. And I really don't think it would have been. And I, I really believe that God had to take us through that season to really have a full submission dependence on him and be okay with ourselves mm-hmm. to be able to be in this like relationship. And it helped it take to the next level. Yeah. His timing was, yeah, his timing timing was is so huge. good. Oh yeah. And so on that, it kind of makes me think of, um, the next part about your guys' testimonies. I know that could be a whole episode in and of itself, <laughs> but just like in a, brief or just nutshell I guess just how your guys's life looked before Christ or did you guys grow up in church or how did that how did you guys come to know Christ like individually yeah, um I can go yeah, I can, can go, go first yeah. I grew up in the church uh-huh. my, my parents are both Christians and they work at a Christian school and so my family is like that was a very healthy good situation growing up right. um I would say that I didn't really take my faith seriously until like high school Mm -hmm. and then I went through like a really hard time towards the end of college Mm -hmm. and then God I really believe captured my heart in like my Mm mid-20s and that's when he really just you know really had me submit a lot of things to him and obviously it's an it's an everyday thing you know you you trust God and you 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 live your life to just like learn more about him and love others and love him better Mm -hmm. and so you know, for me, it was later in life, definitely yeah, a yeah. more like real thing in my heart. Right. Like a personal yeah. relationship. And it is like you said, I like that you shared that. I think people may, may think of Christians like, oh, they're perfect or don't sin or don't struggle. And it's like, oh no, I, I, if anything, I'm like, I just know I need Jesus that much more. Like yeah. I cling to him and his word. Cause I know what I'm capable of and where I came from and what he saved me from. So I just like that you said that, that. right? I'm like, I need Jesus on every day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't ever want to go back there. I know what that feels like. And I know what freedom and Christ is like. And yeah, it's a daily, you know, God reminds me every day. Whenever we post something online and someone's like, oh, I needed this day. I'm like, yeah, I needed this today too. I needed this every day. (laughs) This is my reminder. (laughs) This this reminder, this is for me, you know, probably way more than it is for you. Because I need this reminder every single day. Right, right. Mm. That's good. Yeah, so for me, I grew up in a Catholic home, and my family was very religious, uh, very, we went to church every single Saturday, and it was very, the way that I experienced it, it was very much like a religion, very rules and regulation, I was 
very, I was very scared. I had like a big fear uh, of God and so much so, I mean, to just give you an example, there was this thing that if you wore a necklace that was blessed by the priest that you weren't supposed to go to, if you died overnight Mm. and you were wearing it, you would only go to purgatory instead of hell. And I would have panic attacks if I couldn't find it. So it kind of gives you a picture of, it was, you know, it wasn't a relationship for me. And so I remember, um, I wasn't sure. Like it was never a sure thing. Like heaven probably was this elusive. Maybe I'll go there. I didn't have the assurance of heaven. Well, I always prayed that I would die right after I got out of the confessional so that Mm -hmm. if I died, because I knew I'd mess up, like I'd be (laughs) mean to my sister or do something that was stupid, like really quick. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, God, just take me right after the confessional because then I'll go to heaven. But other than that, I, I mean, I'm laughing, but it's, I was just talking to my sister the other day because we both, you know, felt that way. And, um, So I, in high school, I got invited to a Bible study and the woman that led the Bible study just was so different than anyone I'd ever met. She just Mm -hmm. had like the Holy Spirit was so tangible on her and Mm -hmm. she was just on fire for God. And Mm -hmm. all these people were coming to this Bible study that had no business, like you would never actually think that they would go to a Bible study um, based on how Mm. they were. Um, But she just was so welcoming and loving Mm. and just like a mom to us all. And I started like learning more things. And I was in a really abusive relationship, um, really destructive, really abusive. Mm. Um, And I was being really oppressed in that relationship. And she kept, she encouraged me to break up with him, but I was too scared. Mm -hmm. Uh, She, my junior year of high school, got diagnosed with a brain tumor and she, and we all prayed that God would heal her. And we read scriptures and I thought for sure, God's going to heal her. And at the beginning of my senior year, she died of a brain tumor. And that same year, right after that, one of my best friends, moms had an affair with the pastor of the biggest church in our area. And so young life, which was like a youth ministry stopped because it was running through that church. Um, so I got, I, got the courage to break up with that guy based on, I knew Mrs. Stidell was her name. She always wanted me, you know, she encouraged me because she saw such a better life for me um, than to be in that relationship. So I got the courage to break up with that guy and I was still trying to follow God because I wanted to like honor Mrs. Stidell, but to just do it to honor someone isn't, you know, uh, a lasting reason. And I got so mad at God and I just, I said, God, if you love me at the beginning of my college years, like if you love me, you wouldn't have had all this stuff happen to me. Um, so I really went my own way in college after I went to this Christian thing and I was dressed in a way that a lot of the Christians were really mean to me. And Mm -hmm. so I was just like, God, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. if you're real, I don't know if you are, then you obviously don't care. And then I gave my, um, I got in a really dark place. I, uh, was very, very suicidal and, everyone in college would have probably thought I was having the time of my life. I was going to all these parties. I was dating like 
I was the football and um, baseball team were like on the floors above and below me in my dorms. They were all my best friends. I was dating one of them. Yeah. And it was at this like at Penn State, this big school and had all these rich friends and was mm -hmm. driving like their Hummer and Porsche around Penn State going on all these like crazy like vacations. But I was miserable because I just hated I had so much pain mm -hmm. from like abuse in the past and things that done to me and things that, you know, I participated in and things like that, that. Uh, my friend said to me, why don't you try going all in with Jesus? Like you've always kind of like been one foot in, one foot out, but mm -hmm. what if you tried all the way in? And then mm -hmm. that was such a dramatic day where mm -hmm. Jesus just captured my soul of just mm -hmm. like, I can't do this without you. And um, he transformed my life in really big ways. There's some other key moments that he just, I just need him so bad. Like I, every day, because I see the ugliness in me and the world and just mm -hmm. how much I need him for our marriage, like for my, our ministry, for our lives. Like yeah. I've, there's a song that says everything, every good thing comes from him. And just like, you are my every good thing. Mm -hmm. And I cry every time I hear it because I'm like, anything good I have is mm. only because of him. Anything good that yeah. people see me is, yeah. believe him. me, is only him. Yeah. So I know. I feel that too. You're like, no, no. You can portray good or quote, quote, good, right? But to know what you're really going through, like you're the one that knows and he knows too. And I, yeah. he's the sustainer of all things. I'm like, th even this, the podcast, I'm like, this is not me. I would have probably thrown in the towel like, a year ago, you know what I mean? Like yeah. people yeah. see something, the momentum of something. And I'm like, this is Christ sustaining this, you know? Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. yeah it's, it, that, that's why we do this too. We want people to know him and experience him. And I just think that's just even something someone can hear right now to go all in for Jesus. If someone's halfway yeah. in and halfway in the world, you're never going to be satisfied too. That's mm -hmm. the part that you could know about him but to still be going back to worldly things he's never gonna let you be satisfied just mm. in that but so Amen. going into the topic of marriage and um sharing your guys' testimonies and how you said just him being in the middle of your marriage and God at the center is what you guys talk about a lot in your ministry um and you have a master's Stephanie in marriage and family therapy and then Caleb I think I read that yours is in education is yeah. that right um so you went to Penn State where what school did you go to specific oh okay yeah so the, in this area in yeah. this area local college yeah. yeah and for undergrad I went to Penn State for um, my master's degree I actually drove out from Pennsylvania to LA like it was so clear that God was calling me to Fuller Seminary mm -hmm. I had no idea that Fuller Seminary even was where it was when I knew he was calling God was calling me all the way um so far, I was the first to go to college in my family, first to leave the area, oh, wow. and then came all the way he, here. out here to get my yeah, master's in marriage and family therapy wow. from Fuller Seminary. So I also wow. got to um, almost have my degree in theology. I'm only a couple of credits away. Oh, so wow. it's So you could still yeah. go back yeah. and get it. <laughs> we live close to Fuller, too, so yeah. I should. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so cool. Um, so why I started this podcast, part of it, I mean, it's to share just the glory and who God is and what he's done in people's lives, but also just seeing such a breakdown of the family and marriage. Mm. So when you guys, when I saw that you guys do that work, I just thought, how cool is that? Like to come together to collab. And so, um, just the work that you do is so important. And I just wanted to know what drew you to it. I mean, mm. you're saying the Lord did, but what exactly was it that made you want to study 
marriage and family therapy. And you said you started it in your singleness too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So what was it that drew you to it? And then how have you guys, or how have you seen God use it? So after I became a Christian, I was dating this guy who, um, was the head of this ministry and, um, anyways, he, he proposed to me while I was in college and then, uh, the whole wedding was like planned and paid for. Wow. And then he broke up with me on Valentine's day and didn't give me a reason. Oh. I really didn't understand. Um, uh, and the wedding was only a couple months away. So, um, and I was supposed to graduate. So it was like, it was such a whirlwind. I wasn't allowed to go to any of the things in the ministry anymore because it was at his house and he was the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those times where I had a love for God. You know, I said that dramatic moment where I knew I was giving my life to Christ and my ha- life had to change because right. I didn't want to, you know, go half in, half out. Right. But then that was a moment that those months after that breakup, where God, I w- everything was ripped from me, mm-hmm. like all my mm-hmm. future plans, my friends, like, mm-hmm. like even other, like basically everything I cared about was taken mm-hmm. away. But in that moment, God just became my rock. Like he mm-hmm. solidified that. Like I said, God, even if it's just me and you forever, I choose you. And, mm-hmm. but he just showed me how much I cared about, you know, I would see all these divorces and saw the brokenness Mm -hmm. and how bad I was at communication and how bad I was at all of these things because my relationships (laughs) kept Mm -hmm. like blowing up. Um, so I was in this ministry still, um, and the kids' parents would ask me there, there was all this divorce in their family and they were asking me for advice and I could see there was a blockage between receiving God's love and the pain in their lives. And so when I, when I felt like God was definitely calling me to get this master's degree, I didn't only want it so that it could help others. Like I knew I needed it because mm-hmm. I never had learned much. Like in school, they don't have a class on healthy communication, knowing mm-hmm. red flags while dating and how to set up healthy boundaries. Like there was never a class like that. And mm-hmm. I took counseling classes, like therapy classes at Penn state, but there was so much more I wanted to learn. I really wanted, you know, to learn from, um, like the theology perspective. So it was the best that psychology had to offer, but also Mm. God's word, which God's word, everything that like scientists are like, this is really smart to do. God's word, like already knew that like thousands of years before, you know, Uh like Thanksgiving or whatever, um, that is proven to be very beneficial for well being. God's words has said that for a long time. (laughs) Um, so it was really cool as I was taking Mm. that to not only, I didn't want to use it just for my clients, like I need this for my own heart. And as Mm. I started applying the things that they, the professors were teaching me, I was seeing my life transform. I was seeing God's love and like love from others get to be sunk in such a deeper level Mm. and just the pain that was blocking so much was able to be released and just like a mm. burden release, which is a, still a daily thing to right. choose to let go of bitterness, to let go of right. those things in marriage or in whatever, because yeah. bitterness steals all joy from life. It and um, so that's, you know, kind of from Definitely. my spot, but I knew I wasn't supposed to be a, a therapist, which was so weird. So I was just, we would keep praying as we met of like, how does God want us to use these mm. different gifts right. that he's given us? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I was from the educational like background. So my family is all teachers. Uh, my dad's a, now a head of school. He was a principal. My mom's an art teacher. 
And I just kind of grew up in that environment and always wanted to do it. And it's a very comfortable environment for me. Mm -hmm. And so once uh, I was always an athlete growing up. And mm -hmm. so once my athletic career ended kind of abruptly, I decided to just kind of go into education. And I love like students and, you know, working with them. That's like something I was so passionate about. That was my favorite part of the job. Right. Um, and that's kind of how we found common ground and kind of how we fell in love is talking about that and like our passion in that way. And so when we started, you know, dating, when we got married, we wanted to be able to take what she had and what I had kind of like mesh that together. Right. And especially as we started to post little things online, uh, we, you know, really wanted to make like an impact bigger than ourselves. And that was a way that people had told us they were encouraged by from the beginning because of that like connection we had and because of the way that you know God kind of released this free side of us um, in our relationship that we were able to be encouraging uh, to other people and that's like something that we became really passionate about and so mm -hmm. I love that especially now with some of the new things we've come out with that yeah. she's been able to use her master's in therapy and I've been able to use my master's in education and kind of combine our skill sets uh, to be able to further that ministry it's been really yeah. cool and we're going to talk a little bit more about that at yeah. the very end because I want people to be able to find you guys. I'm like, I'm going to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so cool. Um, but so getting back to the post that I saved, it was about waiting till marriage to have sex. And I know that's like taboo word, just like, ooh, but it is such a vulnerable topic. But the way you mm. shared it was just so refreshing and normal. Like it's something I think couples, I know I'm a third person here, but like couples probably have a hard time even communicating about that. Um, but that you shared that and just working with youth, I see just the glamorization of like casual sex or just the degradation of women in songs and, um, mm. making it just so culturally acceptable and people are just so desensitized to it. And mm. it's just such a cheap, substitute of what God really intended mm. it to be. So yes. without going too much into it, I know, um, you guys shared on your platform a little bit more, I'm sure. But, um, just for the listeners here, was that just something that I'm sure enhanced your guys's marriage or what did you guys discover by just keeping that part sacred? Or what do you recommend to couples who are, um, walking through that or desiring to stay pure till marriage like is there anything practical that you guys did or um just seeing god bless that area in your marriage and mm. just normalizing the other side of it that um waiting till marriage is cool yeah <laughs> I, I feel like people that. think it's not cool or like something and i'm like it's so cool it's it's you can't even probably imagine and mm. i just hear people say well what if the chemistry isn't there i'm like that's not even that's the wrong thinking it's what mm. the media has told you yeah. to think or music has yeah. you know yeah yeah so just that part of your marriage or just that part of your story I thought that's just so powerful mm. to yeah. share oh thank you for saying that and yeah. I remember being so nervous to share that post but yeah. I just felt like I needed to and we've been we've actually talked about it more recently just at being on our hearts to share it and just um I think for me sharing the beginning of my story with God like I just thought like I didn't um understand that whole concept and mm -hmm. I thought that I, I was told by adults um, that I trusted that it was you had to have sex mm -hmm. in order to keep them in order to 
be desirable in order to have a good relationship um, before marriage. And so that's kind of the framework that I have had. But Mm. when that day that I said I made this big commitment, I realized I had to change like so much of my life. I was Mm. drinking, partying, doing, you know, all these things that were, um, very different right for like the Bible. Yeah. yeah. V- very different than what the Bible said. So I knew I'm like, okay, dang, I'm going to have to make a mm. lot of changes in my life. But I said, okay, Lord, I want to do it. So I made that commitment. So I think it first starts with like a verbal commitment. I think mm. making that and saying, God, I promise just, I want to honor you in these ways. Mm. And then I did have, um, different accountability people, mm-hmm. different mentors throughout my walk yeah. to say that this area of my life is very important to me in order to honor God. Mm-hmm. I think my initial decision, because I just had such a love for God because of the love he had for me, right. like yeah. he rescued me. So it's like, if some, if you're just like head over heels in love with someone, you are going to do what they love. And yeah. so like mm-hmm. God's word mm-hmm. is very clear about not to have sex and right. it's, it's intended between husband and wife. Right. Like it's yeah. a gift that's intended mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful gift, but a gift used wrong mm-hmm. is very dangerous. And God isn't trying to, I think a lot of people in our culture see it as like a withholding. Like he wants to take away something that's good, right. but right. it's actually yeah. a beautiful, beautiful gift, but used wrongly for our pain and others pain. And Mm. so, yeah, I I definitely think that, man, it's like, for me, making that decision was definitely like an honoring God kind of decision. And also, I just really think that, like you said, the culture puts like this whole, like, huge weight on that. And what I love about, you know, encouraging people to wait and to be pure Mm -hmm. is that, you know, it allows you to develop like yourself, like first, like before you're in a relationship, it allows you to kind of like get yourself to a place where you're in the healthiest spot to be in the relationship. And then once you're in that relationship, Mm -hmm. um, to be pure, like you get to work on like the compatibility in the way of like honoring God and honoring each other first. And it really builds that level of trust and intimacy before you're intimate. And so like for people that are like, Oh, I don't know about the compatibility thing. Well, you we might were... be compatible in that way, but right. then what? outside of that, what, do you, what have you built? What is your foundation? If your foundation's built on that, you know, that's only going to last a short amount of time um, because, you know, sooner or later, that's not going to be that interesting to you anymore, especially if you're not willing to work on, you know, your relationship. And I just always say, like, there's so much more, sorry, it's not a deeper level, a the deeper love, level yeah of intimacy that God can take you into if you allow him to work in all the areas of your relationship. And I really truly believe that I see that in us, like we chose to be pure in that way. And so God has taken us to a deeper level, not only our relationship, but also in our sex life of just like intimacy. And I think it's so special. Yeah. And it's, it's a connection that I don't believe would be there if we hadn't made that choice to be pure before him. Yeah. And I think, um, I love what you're saying there. I think it goes, I, I've seen it really detrimental on either side. Like if a, for choosing to wait for the wrong reasons or doing it 
to then judge other people can be really mm. detrimental to your heart as well. Yeah. Um, or seeing it as something like, oh, I messed up, so now it's gone forever. Right. Mm. I see purity as something that grows. Like, I told the Amen. more I've around, like, okay, say, um, you know, you're around something, a purifying system, like a water filter system, the more it goes through that system, the mm-hmm. more pure that water is. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how the more I spend face to face time with God, the more pure I become in my heart. And it's not just about, mm-hmm. did I have sex or not have sex? Like mm-hmm. it's a purity of my heart, my mind, how I see mm-hmm. Caleb, how Caleb sees me, how we see other people, like what we, what we watch, what we and we're not doing it for a legalism thing. We're doing it because we desire purity. We yeah. desire to be more like God. That, you, you, I forgot to share something yeah, what you sure. said, but I really believe it's, you know, setting those boundaries. I think the practical a- application is like really setting boundaries on what you're consuming. And, you know, just because culturally it's acceptable to watch Game of Thrones, that's probably not the best thing that you need to be watching all the time. And what you consume and what you choose to allow in has an effect on you whether or not you're saying that. So another thing that we've done practically is we've been very careful what we allow into our lives. And not from a judgmental standpoint of like, you know, all this, you're sinners or this and that, but like... We have a choice, just like other people have a choice to allow whatever. We have a choice to say, mm-hmm. no, that's not okay. And that has blessed us. Like mm-hmm. boundaries are a blessing. They bring freedom. Once you know, okay, this is my boundary. I can act totally in freedom between me and that boundary. And I think that allows you to, I don't know, it just unlocks like mm-hmm. a whole new sense of like peace and freedom in relationships. Because, you know, that has been the biggest thing I think that's blessed us in another mm-hmm. way. Like I just think you know, as far as sexual purity, especially for men, and I think for women, like what you watch and what you consume can really have an impact on your mental state and, you know, what Mm -hmm. you perceive as pure or what you perceive as what this good relationship is. And if it gets a little, if you're consuming things that aren't helping your mindset, it's going to twist your mindset and you're going to think this is okay when in fact it's probably not the best for you. Right, I love that. I love how we always say like boundaries are about keeping the good in and the bad out. And Mm. there's a scripture that says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So Mm. like as, and that's all, you know, depending on the season you're in and what you're around, that might look different depending on who you are. But, you know, we will stop even we were watching a show that we liked but they, i think got a new writer and it wasn't even about sexual purity mm-hmm. we were noticing there was like a very like contentious how do you say that word there's a contentious, contentious spirit, spirit. and we it, started yeah. being more like you could tell contentious, cont- i can't say that word <laughs> with each other and we so we're not gonna, we're setting that boundary yeah. so if we notice our hearts becoming harder we're looking at people more judgmentally totally. if we're having like sexual thoughts about something that we should it's like it's not worth there's so many other things to do Mm, in life than have something that takes me down um and i think uh based on i remember i just felt so much shame for my past but god Mm. purified like he continually purifies me so i just want to speak to anyone that's sitting there like well i've already messed up i'm like it's Mm. too late for me that's not god is the god who redeems dead ends like Mm -hmm. think he is the god who 
you know, I thought I was like, I remember walking into a church and just like envying these girls that looked like so pure and Mm -hmm. sweet. And I remember I just like been at a party and like hooked up with a guy and just like was in this church and I felt so dirty and disgusting. Um, but then it's crazy that just like fast forward, like two years of just spending time in God's word every day and making that commitment he, he made me more and more pure. Like I, I didn't think that, you know, the way I think about things, the way I see things and I keep going to him when I see that there's like bitterness or anything, I'm like, God, please. Like I want to be more like you because it's a blessing. Not only it's to like be with myself. Like, cause I always have to be with myself. Right. So it's a blessing for me. And then when I, like, now you're hit with the Caleb. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel like too, he resensitizes us cause so much yes. of it is like you numb yourself to yes. that and you're desensitized. Yeah. And then same with me. I have a very similar testimony background to yours, Stephanie. And it's just like some of the things I used to watch or listen to, like if I hear it now, I'm like, how did I not, how did I not like, and it just shows how far you do go with God, like how much he does purify us. And, um, it does take though that discipline of wanting to, and like that it comes from a love for him though. It's not like I'm going to be a good Christian today. It's no, it's like, I love him so much. He's rescued me. And it's like, mm-hmm. I want to know him more. And yeah. it's so cool how his word transforms us. Yeah. And, so like, and it's like, as you draw closer to him, like you sense within your spirit, whether or not it's good or not, yeah. you know, you know, and yeah. it allows you to, say yes and say no which is amazing which is a freedom you know as you as the numbness wears off yeah as the numbness and as you like it's like a weaning off yeah yeah. and god really he as much as sometimes we don't want to listen he he's there and he's telling us like he's Mm -hmm. giving us the ability to you know, say no or say yes to the situation. And you sense it. Yeah. I had such strong boundaries, even in dating. Mm-hmm. I didn't allow guys in my apartment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when he dropped me off on our first date, I gave him a little hug. That was our first like point of physical touch uh-huh. um, was a hug after yeah. the date, but he wasn't welcomed into my apartment. Right. Um, he was after a, an extended period of time, like yeah. when there was trust, but mm-hmm. I had already had the conversation with him okay, that yeah. I was not going to have sex until I'm married, right. like hands down. And he said that he agreed, that like way. he was that also was wanted to be, yeah. waiting till marriage. Like he mm-hmm. had made that decision before in his life. He kept to that and right. that's what he wanted. And when things like, you know, I, we continued to put up more boundaries to protect us to be in our, in our integrity. So whatever you decide is you have to make that decision. What is my integrity? If I feel I'm outside of that, okay, we need to step back and we need to have that conversation of what is within our integrity. Um, and then what things like there's very practical things of like, we never slept over each Mm -hmm. other's house. He, his parents, sometimes like I slept in one room and he was in a different room when we had like at, you know, his parents there, but we never, like there was just practical things and they said, Oh, why can't you do it? It's because it's too tempting. Like I was head over heels in love with him. He's had like, we're so attracted to each other. So much chemistry. It's not like sexual desire isn't there. Yeah. It's it's like, we're not like this superhuman or something. Right. Right. It's like we super did that. Like I definitely want to make out with you right now. Yeah. 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 And And so, so yeah, I just don't trust myself. Yeah. And but having those boundaries, in the dating and communicating that we continually do that throughout our marriage to remain pure because you need that purity just as much there's so many marriages that don't have that and then there's you see the pain that happens exactly god made it so beautiful it's such a gift and it's 
it's so sad how it's been perceived as something that either he wants to take away our fun or that he's just like it's just like over sexualized culture but it's like god created it it's so beautiful it's this amazing gift if but it all it's a very important gift but with all very important gifts there is like a way that it can be used to bring the most life right. so you're not carrying baggage you're not carrying shame you're not not that um god wants you to carry any of that but right. there is things that are attached right there's consequences there's, yeah to not doing it the way he's intended it i've heard once have you heard of swipe right by levi lesko that book he mm -hmm. he talks it's like about that specifically about um purity and you know walking through that um just different things in that nature and he talks about it's like going to home depot and buying a chainsaw and not reading the manual yep. and cutting off mm. your arm because yep. you didn't read the manual and how it's intended to be used. And yeah. he said, that's how powerful sex is. And just the counterfeit, what Satan does with anything yep. good that yep. God created mm. with good purpose, like yep. he'll twist and pervert and mm. cheapen yep. and get yep. people um, entangled and completely just held in bondage to yeah. shame, guilt, whatever yeah. it is surrounding it. Yeah. And it's, since I've opened up about it recently, there's been so many Christian women that have been made to feel so scared. It's so taboo. Like mm -hmm. they say, if you, it's just bad, it's horrible. You're horrible. Yeah. And like, it, they're terrified to mm -hmm. date or have sex. Like yeah. I'm going to be, and so many people that couldn't even have sex mm -hmm. on their wedding night because right. they're too scared, like mm -hmm. physically cannot have it right. because of the fear that these mm -hmm. people have placed, even the, and there's this, there's this thing called purity culture, right. like purity is great, but purity culture yeah. has been so destructive to so many people right. because they feel so scared about something that's this amazing gift mm -hmm. that yeah. God's like, it's so beautiful. No, inside yeah, it's like, marriage. I want you to have it. It's such yeah. a I gift. I it. Yeah. And there's communication that can be had and it doesn't have to be so taboo mm -hmm. and let's find a healthy way to talk about it. And right. yeah. so it's right. cool that we're opening up that conversation. Yeah. And like yeah. to be able to say it in a, in a way that is not normalizing it, but just saying it without like whispering it, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it, yeah I, I see that in the church, in the purity culture. And it's okay to like talk, have a healthy conversation. About it. I've often wondered that because doing weddings, I'm like, I wonder if you go from like, if you haven't talked about it, you're saying communication is important and that's part of what you learn. So, um, I was going to ask you about your master class that you guys just launched. So that's huge. The communication aspect that you guys were able to talk mm. to each other about it. Cause I'm thinking if they haven't, if a couple hasn't talked about it at all in their relationship and then all of a sudden they get married <laughs> yeah. and then on the, like on your wedding night, you're like, okay, like <laughs> how does that happen? You know? Yeah, and yeah. it probably is a little bit awkward at first, yeah. but so the communication part, um, I'm sure is just, a work in progress if you guys need to work on communicating like your master class do you guys have like tips in that can you guys tell us a little bit about yeah, that definitely. about yes, the master class yeah, I'm like yeah tell me how to communicate <laughs> <laughs> we're so passionate about our course and we have some things for married people coming out right now the course is for single women mm -hmm. um that is our first round based on just basically the things that when I learned in my master's program I was said why does everyone not know this? Like people need to know this. Mm -hmm. This stuff is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And if they, the, me learning it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make it more accessible. Our course, which we're really excited about, we just launched, 
uh, is for single women looking to cultivate a thriving relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of give all the best tools that we believe will bring somebody to the best place to best prepare them so mm -hmm. that they can be in that thriving relationship oh, yeah. and to allow them to kind of unlock, you know, their best version of themselves, like with when, what God has called them to. Right. And I love it because I mentioned before that I wasn't taught this. When I ask anyone, no one is taught healthy communication or what to look for and red flags, all these different things um, in a healthy way. They're learning. I said their first experiences are from Disney or MTV or like romance novels who their goal was not to help people have a good relationship. Their goal is to sell stuff and right. so they're basically wanting you to buy it versus right. actually people that are experts in how to do it so right. we're, the things that we teach are the things that really set me free um and i all of our clients that have taken the course keep giving us feedback that they're things that set them free in their daily life and mm -hmm. how they look at themselves how they look at others how they look at dating mm -hmm. and really sets them up to thrive long term and then we have mm -hmm. like i said we have marriage stuff coming out in order to um thrive in your marriage you know because yeah. we believe even this course you know what you do in the dating right. really has an impact on what you do in marriage right. which people don't think they think yeah. all i have to do is just like because that's what all the movies say you just meet right. your prince charming and then all yeah. of a sudden and everything's perfect, perfect and yeah. like happily ever after which they didn't do anything before they right. have all this pain right. all this bitterness in their heart right. from like all this stuff right. um mm -hmm. and it comes out it's going to come out and it's going to come out yeah. on the people you're closest with mm -hmm. and so a lot of time you know when you get married it comes out so mm -hmm. the most you can prepare yourself to have your heart be so much freer and so much more loving and know how to communicate right. properly to love the other person in their pain right. um is such a powerful gift to give yeah. your future yes. spouse and then obviously something to continually cultivate right. when you're married to have yeah. freedom and to continue that relationship That's people so are like yeah you guys are so cute and you're thriving or whatever i'm like it does it comes with we do work daily mm. so we can have the bad out and the good in right. and we, it's a daily yeah. thing that right. we do and yeah. we love Takes teaching it to others yeah yeah, it doesn't just happen. Yeah. And it's real. You're like, this is genuine, but it's because we're doing these things yeah. that we're working on our yeah. marriage intentionally. Yeah. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. Do you guys know when you're going to have the married couples one launching? So or is the, it... our singles one, um, they are in the midst of it and they're already having like the coolest feedback. So oh. in January, definitely check back. We will have more resources. Yeah. We do have a lot of resources oh, on yeah. our page. Just if for you marriage. follow them. Yeah, if you guys, I'll <laughs> tag your guys' Instagrams. But yeah, we have, um, we'll still have to figure out timeline for some yeah. of that, yeah. but they can watch for it. Yeah. Um, and then one last one, since you guys are going to end out the year in December, did you guys, or can you guys share a family or favorite Christmas tradition of yours? I just thought that'd be a fun one to end on. I think, or do you have one? Uh, one that we, I mean, we just got done doing one that I love is now it's become like the week before Thanksgiving is getting our tree and then fully decorating everything so we've been christmas ready for over a week now um which is awesome <laughs> yeah. and then my other favorite thing is going uh back to pittsburgh and seeing her family i think it's just like so special and just to get a whole new atmosphere a new place is always yeah yeah it's sometimes snow sometimes it's, snow. it's really uh it's become like one of my favorite i really look forward to christmas so i'm hoping that we can definitely go back yeah, I love that. And we, I mean, it's obviously going to look different 
potentially this year with everything going on um, with, with our world. But since I'm the only one, like his family's out here, so we love spending time with them, but it's so fun to go back then to Pittsburgh. I love his parents always do a full-fledged Christmas with us oh, while yeah. we're out here because they're out here. Yeah. Um, and it's so, it's so special and they always just make it so much fun. And yeah. then it's everything um, we could possibly want in a day. Yeah. It's like the done. most fun day oh, ever. Fun. Um, <laughs> so it, we get like multiple Christmases because of that, but it's, yeah. it's so fun. But I love how Christmassy at our house is and we like have all kind of like Christmas music yeah. and um, and this year we're building a Christmas Lego set. Oh, nice. Which yeah, my his parents, parents got, got us. Because oh my of gosh, quarantine. Nice. They so bought us like the beginning kids. of quarantine to do during quarantine, but we saved it until Christmas. It. What and is so it? It's like a, it's like a gingerbread little gingerbread house. house oh, that's cute. Legos. But yeah. it's very, like, very detailed. advanced. Oh, detailed. It says so it's Pittsburgh. like a puzzle, but it's Legos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a puzzle. It's really fun. So we play with Legos. That's a secret to marriage. That's a fun secret. I like it. Well, thank you guys so much. I'll also ask you guys, like, resources, like, books apart from your the master class if you guys have any i'll link it for everybody but i just appreciate you guys for mm. sitting down with me in the wilderness <laughs> we are out in echo park echo park right is that what it is? Um, or echo mountain, echo mountain. mountain. Yeah. yeah but thank you guys so much for sharing and being on the podcast yes, yeah thank, thank you, you so much this for is awesome us. thank you yeah. be sure to follow on instagram at the marriage project co or check out the website www.themarriageproject.co to see all the photos that accompany each testimony behind each matrimony. And be sure to subscribe for the community newsletter to get each episode sent directly to your inbox.